All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, speaking to you from New York City on this, the 20, or excuse me, the 12th of January, 2021. Not sure why I'm trying to hurry things along. January 12th, 2021. Uh, I do like to remind you, I publish a newsletter called J. Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. You can subscribe to it by going to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com. Uh, and Chen Lin is going to be with me in a little bit. I like to always plug Chen's letter, what is Chen buying, what is Chen selling. Um, and that's uh, also a place to go. Uh, Chenpicks.com is the place to go to subscribe for Chen's letter. We'll be hearing from him, as I said, in just a couple of minutes from now. I do want to thank all of you for listening to this show, making it one of the more popular shows on the Voice America Business Channel. Also, want to encourage you to send along whatever comments you have about this show. Send it to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. Questions, the number for taylor at gmail.com. We do want to thank our sponsors uh, for making this show possible. Our sponsors for today's show, NV Gold, Cassier Gold Corp., El Oro Resources, Hannon Metals, Irving Resources, Novo Resources, Sitka Gold Corp., Lion One Metals, and SK Mining Corp. Today's show will be a little different than normal because it will be uh, focused primarily on the market views of several Metals Investor Forum participants, namely Brent Cook, Chen Lin, Eric Coffin, Gwen Preston, and yours truly. Uh, I will be asking each of them for their market outlook for 2021 and uh, their two top stock picks for this year as well. And as I mentioned, Chen will be joining me in just a minute to give us his views uh, and right after uh, first commercial break. Peter Ball, the president of NV Gold, will join me to give us an update on the progress being made on that company's two Nevada projects. Um, then in the final segment, Brent, Cook, Eric Coffin, Gwen Preston will join me. Now, last year, out of eight Metals Investor Forum letter writers who gave us their stock picks, Brent's was, uh, on average, up 60.04%. Eric's was up 59.56%, and Gwen's rose by 58.3%. Letter writers were asked to give me their best picks, uh, but Gwen really snuck in a third. I wanted two from each person, but Gwen snuck in a third pick, and much to her detriment, I might add, because had she stuck with the first two names, GFG Resources and Pure Gold Mining, she would have blown away Eric and Brent. Uh, she would have gained 82% if she had just stuck to her first two because Pure Gold Mining gained 218.52% last year. So anyway, in the second half of today's show, uh, as I just said, Brent, Eric, and Gwen will join us uh, to give us 
their thoughts about the markets as we start this new year, as well as their uh, best two investment ideas, their best best two stock picks. We'll we'll see if we can hold Gwen to two this year uh, for 2021. Uh, and uh, in just a minute, uh, we'll hear what Quen, what um, Chen has to say uh, about his views of the markets. Uh, but let me just uh, put in my nickel's worth of uh, my, my ideas anyway, my two cents worth, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I believe this is a year when investors and markets may start to realize that the Fed is losing control of the monetary system as interest rates begin to rise no matter how much money the Fed pumps into the system. As Alistair McLeod pointed out in this show, M1 grew at a rate of 14% in a two-week period in December, uh, which when annualized amounts to over 360%. The Fed, realizing that this is an alarming picture, has, I would, I would use the word manipulated, M1 numbers by backdating M1 to include some of M2 data in order to smooth it out, in order to smooth out the growth uh, trajectory of M1. Uh, so that you don't start to get an idea of some sort of out-of-control growth of the money system. For details on, on how, for if you really want to drill down on this, uh, on the uh, numbers, uh, to do so, you could go to um, Shadow Stats, which is John Williams' excellent newsletter. John really gets into the details on this sort of thing and uh, has explained exactly how the Fed uh, is uh, sort of massage the numbers in order to make them look, uh, make M1 at least not look so uh, like such a rapid hyperinflationary growth rate. Um, but as Alistair has shown and has demonstrated, I think, very adequately in his essays, that despite a very weak economy, rates on the longer end of the yield curve have not only started to rise, but look poised for a new bull market. The 10-year Treasury, for example, is continuing to rise, and look at the uh, and a look at the chart of the 10-year Treasury reveals that it is uh, reveals a golden cross, uh, suggesting a new bull market in rates. Well, that's hard to believe. I can re- last remember the uh, you know 1980, the early 80s when we had double-digit interest rates. It's very hard for most people to get their head around how we could ever see rising interest rates no matter how much the Fed pumps into the system. But that certainly was what happened back in those days. I remember it very well when G. William Miller uh, and then uh, uh, Chairman Burns pumped huge amounts of money into the system during the Nixon years, uh, and the rates kept rising. Uh, so you know, it's not as if that can't happen in an inflationary environment. And there's a lot of reasons to believe that inflation is on the rise too. No matter what kind of numbers come out of the government, uh, the government's be uh, reporting. But in any event, uh, let me just say that I believe that we are likely to see a rising rates uh, this year. Uh, inflation rising, very rapidly rising monetary uh, numbers, monetary aggregates. I think M1 and the others, because the Fed really has no choice but to print enormous amounts of money. There, the foreign, the foreigners who we used to rely on in this country to live beyond our means are no longer putting money into this system. The net creditor nations, the nations that have exports, uh, that have our net exporter nations, are taking their dollars that they earn from us and using them to build out infrastructure and do other things around the world. So we can't rely anymore. Uh, and who really wants to buy treasuries at one or two percent negative real rates? Why? 
Why would you buy them other than for liquidity purposes? So I think the Fed is going to have to print enormous amounts of money, and I will be going into this um, uh, more thoroughly in the Metals Investor Forum coming up this Thursday. Uh, and I will be, I guess I'm the first person up uh, at about uh, 9 o'clock Pacific time, 12 o'clock, uh, or 12 o'clock Pacific time, 9 o'clock New York time. Uh, and you need to sign up. I really hope that you'll sign up. Uh, Eric Coffin will be with me later in the show. He will be talking on Thursday, then Gwen Preston uh, on Friday as well. So uh, you should go to uh, my website, J. Taylor Media. Just click on the uh, just click on the Metals Investor Forum banner, and your name and email address will suffice to get you into the uh, into the show to listen to. What I have to say, but more importantly, uh, what my uh, the companies I'm inviting have to say, because I have some really exciting uh, companies that I've invited along, as have Eric and Gwen and all the other participants at the Metals Investor Forum. So um, I just like to, since I'm going to ask the other metal, uh, the other writers to talk about uh, their picks. Let me just name mine. I don't have time to really go into it, but they are both sponsors of this show: El Oro Resources. Um, at $1.90 Canadian today and SK Mining Corp uh, at $2.18 in Canadian money today. Those are my picks. Now, I want to turn to Chen Lin uh, with just a few minutes left. Uh, Chen, just uh, real quickly now, how are you seeing the markets as we go into 2000, um, as we go into 2021? Now, I don't expect that you're going to agree with me, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Oh, hi, Jay. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm looking more for the vaccine, you know, for the pandemic. I'm mm-hmm. hoping the pandemic will be over. Uh, I look at the, uh, the statistic from China in the second half of last year was extremely strong. So if you can contain the virus, uh, we can see just, you know, even if the dead card bounce, it will have a very strong economy, the bounce, mm-hmm. bouncing back because people, you know, a lot of people can go back to work. Uh, mm-hmm. So I see... Uh, Potentially, uh, I I think I can agree with you. I saw that the 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 ten-year uh, rate is going up, uh, inflation will come back. But you know, a Fed was saying they may. If you read the last uh, uh, conference call, their their transcript, they they are looking at maybe uh, reducing their QE, the potential. Uh-huh. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that will be the 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 long term rate will go higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm more uh, for in the precious metal. Okay, I like uh, platinum. I like silver the most. Uh, the platinum I, I discussed many times in my um, uh, to my new- newsletter. Uh, so basically, the story is that uh, the platinum right now the cheapest uh, precious metal. So there's a lot of jewelry demand. That's first thing. It's trading a little mm-hmm. bit half over half of gold. And then second, uh, people perception to the, the you know the uh, the pattern is more expensive. So actually, that's why you know it's it's cheap, and so people are buying. And then there's uh, automobile demand. Platinum mm-hmm. for the first year this year they start to replacing palladium, which trading really at twice as much in the gasoline car. Okay, mm-hmm. and then for the uh, re- renewable energy, platinum is very very important for the hydrogen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for for the hydrogen battery. So uh-huh. it's not for the. A uh, small car, but for the truck, uh, mm-hmm. eventually, if they want a zero emission boat, those uh, hydrogen actually is uh, the, uh, the platinum is a key component. So I like mm-hmm. platinum, I like silver, 
uh, silver, obviously, solar panel. All, the, all these are phones, our gadgets, and all these use a lot of silver. So mm-hmm. as the industrial demand of silver will pick up, and after so many years of uh, underinvestment, so silver may have a spike. I hope that's that's my uh, two of my thesis. Okay. Uh, and uh, for investment, I have uh, I have put on two companies. I hope yeah. they will do well. One is the Sarah DePasco. I've been investing in that for a long time. Uh, they have this uh, asset historical tailing uh, from the uh, Sarah DePasco mine. Okay, it used mm-hmm. to be there only two projects. I mean two. Two miners list on New York Stock Exchange, you know, 30 years ago. That's um, Sarah de Pasco, uh, 40, 50 years, you know, in the 70s. Sarah de Pasco mm-hmm. and uh, Freeport McMoran. Freeport McMoran, beca- uh, no, no, the uh, Philip Dodge. Philip Dodge become Freeport McMoran. So, and then Sarah de Pasco was nationalized, and then we're talking about this uh, historical tailing. Okay, used mm-hmm. to be called Sarah de Pasco copper mine, and they have copper gold deposit, and then later become copper, silver, uh, zinc. And gold deposit. I know the historical tailing. They have a very big tailing, and they going to for first time in in the past decades. They start going to drill it and see what they going to have. So that's something going to be very uh, exciting. They have been doing all these. They're trying to get a deal. You know, working on many different things in the past few years. But this year going to be the the drilling year. So <laughs> I will see what's coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second also is an exploration company, highly speculative. It's Labrador Gold. It's right next to Newfound Gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we, uh, we if we recall, our good friend Quentin Hanning just joined them as technical uh, advisor. Mm-hmm. The uh, investor of Newfound Gold also just invests in Labrador. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they. I talked to Quinton. Uh, they have a very bad drill result first, so the stock actually down. Those stock actually mm-hmm. are lower these days. So it's good for you know if you have a long term view, can pick it up and hopefully going much higher at the later part of the year. So uh, so this first round drill results are very bad, but you cannot just find it, you know, in the first first try, right? So a lot of a lot of projects like that, and then uh, Quinton. I believe strongly that what Newfound Gold extended to the Labrador ground. Okay, they're going to redesign a drilling program. Mm-hmm. I think they are applying permit right now, so they will drill it, and then we'll get the results in a few months. I suspect uh, we could have something close, uh, hopefully, uh, close to uh, Newfound Gold, and then the market cap is like a day and night, you know, trading at yeah, sure. one no. tenth. One tenth, less than one tenth of the new fund. So, so there's um, opportunity. So I, I, so that that that's my two picks. And uh, you, uh, so I think uh, you know. I, I, again, I think the gold price right now at eighteen hundred is very high. Okay, historically, so it's very good for exploration company for small producer to 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 generate you know to to generate return for mm-hmm. shareholders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I should just mention Cerro de Pasco uh, was selling earlier today uh, 36 cents, I believe, can, Canadian money. Chen, uh, 266 million shares out is what I see. Uh, and uh, Labrador Gold at 39 cents a little earlier today, 110 million shares outstanding. Both, uh, both, both of those companies are certainly of interest to me, and I do own Cerro de Pasco as well. Chen, I want to thank you very much for sharing your time with us and your thoughts. Very, uh, very helpful. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Happy New Year. 
All righty. Well, folks, uh, we do have to go to break now, but Peter Ball of NV Gold will be with me right afterwards, so don't go away. And then, of course, after that, we'll be talking to the other Metals Investor Forum uh, in uh, newsletter writers as well. So we'll be right back with Peter Ball now. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cassiar Gold Corp. trades on the OTCQB under the symbol CGLCF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol GLDC. Its flagship asset, the Cassiar Gold Project, is a large advanced stage road accessible gold property with an NI43101 compliant resource estimate of 1 million ounces at 1.43 grams per ton gold at the Taurus near surface bulk tonnage gold deposit and 15 kilometers of high-grade gold prospects. The property hosts several past-producing high-grade gold mines and is in search for the next multi-million ounce gold camp in British Columbia. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back, Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor. Really pleased to have with me once again, Peter Ball. He's the president of NV Gold. It's a company that uh, has some very exciting, very promising projects, quite a few of them, actually, but they're focused on a couple of them, uh, a couple that they think could really turn out to be extraordinary in uh, Nevada. So it's really good to have Peter with me uh, today again to give us an update on uh, what he's learning from his ongoing exploration work there. Thanks for joining me today, Peter. Thanks, Jay. Always a pleasure. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well. Uh, very well indeed. We're very pleased uh, things are going well in this new year, and uh, we shall see how things work out. I sure hope this pandemic gets behind us so we can uh, travel a little bit more, but otherwise, thank God we're able to do stuff indoors, and I know uh, even people that uh, are exploring the ground. Of course, you have to have your people on the ground there as well, but talk to us a little bit about your two two f- projects that you're really focused on. The Slumber Project, which I, I find really interesting because it seems to be a geological look-alike perhaps to the Sleeper Mine, which was a very prolific, very high-grade, had a very high-grade section. I remember it very well as a lender to that company when I was at uh, Westpac Banking Corp. So that's really interesting. Slumber, you're, you just finished your uh, Phase two drilling uh, project there. Talk to us about what you've learned so far. Uh, with regard to the Slumber Project, which is located in northwestern uh, Nevada, right? Yeah, absolutely, Jay. Um, now we spoke a lot about Slumber in, in 2020 leading up to the drill program. We finally got in there um, actually just after after Christmas. I think we started on uh, what we call Boxing Day up here in Canada, 26th, 27th. Mm-hmm. We got in about nine holes, uh, about 6,100 feet. And as you said, it's up northwestern uh, Nevada, 
just west of Winnemucca, and it is what we consider a sleeper-type model, which was one of the highest-grade gold projects ever discovered in Nevada. So it was some interesting takeaways from the program, and you know, just recently uh, listening uh, to uh, what Quinton, Dr. Quinton Henney, mentioned to one of our largest shareholders last week, talking to Crescat um, out in Denver. Um, so first of all, uh, we did nine holes, 6,100 feet. Uh, we didn't test our the full system. We did have some a couple three holes had some issues with some heavy water, but. What we learned in some you know, additional intelligence before we come back on phase three, we had some significant alteration, which is key. We had some good solicitation and even evidence of mineralization. So what we've done now is we've been able to expand the footprint. Uh, we saw a lot of quartz veining, some epidermal alteration. Um, and interpretation of the chips indicates that we believe the system's been expanded maybe to about 1,000 meters uh, in length and maybe about 200 meters in uh in width, and it's completely open at depth, and we're excited to look at the data, wait for the assays, which, of course, in the lab, probably not going to be getting back through here for another six weeks, probably to the end of February, mm-hmm. early March. Put it together, model it, and we know that we're going to probably put some deep core holes in. Uh, again, a couple holes has some water. Core is going to go right through that. We're going to head deep. And I think we've got some interesting stuff so far out of slumber. We're very happy internally of what we saw. It's really just waiting for the assays. So, good program. Yeah, once you have the assays, then you'll you'll design your next uh, your next step, I guess, your next program. And uh, yeah, I, as I recall, the the sleeper mine had some water issues there. Uh, but anyway, that's I guess uh, it's it's really uh, I guess we'll have to be waiting though until I guess late February probably though for for drill results, huh? Yeah, no, absolutely. The, 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 the labs are bogged down. We're actually even seeing some other companies. They've sent some of their samples down to um, South America to some other lab groups because <laughs> the labs are just full. But we're excited. We liked what we saw. We have key areas that we didn't get the test, uh, basically because the RC going through chips and hitting water just blows out the hall and we can't uh, go over our sump. So we'll get back at it, and uh, core will be good. We're going to go deep, and there's some exciting targets down below. So um, we'll see what so, happens. So, so probably back March, April, something like that. You have to yeah, get your permits so. and things. We'll or yeah, yeah, we'll get the yeah. results back in February, March. We'll be already modeling it and planning and getting the permit ready. It's usually thirty day turnaround at the, at the latest to get back in. So I would say, you know, forward looking statement. Let's call it. Uh, April, May, or maybe latter part of April. To start drilling again. All right. Well, then the, the next project that you're really looking at is San, that you're not looking at, you're working on hard, is Sandy. It's another top prospect. What can you tell us about that? I think you just started drilling there, perhaps, or you're about to. Yeah, we're, we're actually on hole three. Um, oh, okay. So Sandy is just southeast of Reno. Let's call it a couple hours down the highway and off the road. Um, and again, like I, like we indicated earlier, it is a solid land package in the middle of Eclipse Gold Mining's package. It's another high-grade epithermal target. It's what we call very similar uh, or an identical type of system to the slumber um, slumber model. Uh, what we're chasing up there, and you know, based on I think Quentin Henny, um, Dr. Henny did an interview, like I said, and, and he indicated in his discussion last Friday, you Google it, YouTube, Dr. Quentin Henny, Crescat, you'll see him talk about it at minute 47 uh, and a half. 
uh, he believes, just you know, looking at the first couple holes, that we actually might have the juiciest part of the system, um, which is laying inside of the Eclipse package. So we're excited about what we may have. And again, this is just east of the old famous Comstock mining camp. So again, uh, as Quinton Henney said, uh, he's our lead technical director. He's very hopeful uh, on what the drill program has yielded so far, even after the first couple holes. And it's all going to come down to the assays. We're going to do about 5,000 feet. Uh, we actually extended a couple holes already uh, deeper. Uh, good indications of what we're seeing so far. Looks interesting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the best time of the year. I mean, best time for a company like our size. We've got about a $2 million in the bank, roughly. We've got about $1.8 million additional dollars of warrants fully in the money by about uh, 50 60%. They're at $0.20. Cents. We're trading at 30 so we're positioned uh, with enough capital to get going and really execute a couple more drill programs on these projects. Now, you have a very large portfolio of, of properties, as I recall. I mean, I, I looked at you when I first started covering you in my newsletter as a project generator. I know you hate the project generator models. I think most people do when, <laughs> you know, these days. I think that they, it becomes more popular when the market, you know, when the mining sector goes into the tank. but. Right now, you have a lot of other properties. Uh, any chance of monetizing them in any way? Yeah, it's funny. Um, so, what, again, like we have 13 other projects. These are quality projects in the right trend, in the middle of the Cortez trend, in the middle of the Carlin trend, uh, smack in the middle of the Walker Lane trend. These projects have great gold values on them. We are actually um, entertaining two juniors and two... Uh, what I would call senior mining companies, producing gold mining companies. Uh, oh. One of them has done a complete uh, tour of our portfolio. I think we're uh, on the opportunity of maybe uh, pushing the forward on, you know, maybe um, having a deal down the road, but it's, it's the beginning uh, of these discussions. So big portfolio, great projects, you know, two or three put into a shell for some some juniors would be a wonderful project, and we have 100% ownership of all these uh, 13 projects. It costs us 70 oh. grand a year to maintain the entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of things for investors to pay attention to here as you're going forward, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to uh, ongoing news from you, Peter. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, before we uh, move on today? No, I think that's it. Again, assays are pending. Um, we're going to be finishing the Sandy program here in about two and a half weeks. We'll send those off. And again, uh, anybody, feel free. Dial the triple eight number, 363-9883. It goes right to my cell phone. Email me, peter at nbgoldcorp.com. I like to be the most transparent, accessible CEO in the industry. Um, this is the time when everyone should be watching us. Uh, we're cashed up, no debt. An amazing team, and uh, let's see what would happen to him in the Q1. And I think you do a lot of tweeting too, don't you? Yeah, you're, you're we, on Twitter. We throw a tweet out when we're on site. Throw a picture yeah. out there, and yeah. you know, only after the news is out to make sure that uh, we're always compliant. Uh, <laughs> we're strong on corporate governance and everything of that. That's uh, that such. So yeah, Good. we're out there. Follow the Twitter account. We're on there. You can find it on the website, and uh, give me a call if you want some information. Um, I own a lot of stock. The chairman's a larger shareholder. Eric Sprott, of course, is one of the biggest. Crestcat, one of the top gold funds in the U.S. out of Denver, is one of our key strategic shareholders. Another fund's out of Boston, out of Europe. Uh, got some big players in the, in the story. And uh, hopefully this year will be uh, 
another great year for NP Gold. Yeah, it, it could very well be, and and certainly I know Crestcott it works very closely with Quentin Henning, uh, so it, that makes a lot of sense. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Peter, so much for your time, and uh, we'll look to talk to you again sometime in the not-too-distant future, hopefully. Absolutely. Alrighty. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Peter. All right, folks, we are going to go to break now, but when we come back, uh, Brent Cook, Eric Coffin, Gwen Preston, letter writers from the Metals Investor Forum will be with me uh, to give their views on the markets as we start this new year, and also uh, we're going to ask them to give us a couple of their top picks as well and I might just remind you uh, the Metals Investor Forum is coming up uh, in just a couple of days on Thursday uh, and Friday of this week go to uh, J Taylor Media J Taylor Media click on the banner the Metals Investor Forum banner and just give your name and email and you can gain access uh, to this event and all the letter writers um, uh, that will be there along with their favorite companies, and uh, so I think it's if you're if you're really investing in this industry, the Metals Investor Forum is a uh, is a an event that you don't want to miss. So uh, Metals Investor Forum, J Taylor Media, click on the banner, your name and email address, and you'll have access to this event. We are going to go to break now, but as I said, when we come back, uh, Brent Cook, Eric Coffin, Gwen Preston will be with me, so don't go away. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. NV Gold Core, trading under NVX on the TSX and NVGLF on the OTC, is a gold exploration company focused on uncovering the next multi million ounce gold deposit in North America. With an aggressive exploration season ahead in 2020, a tight share structure, strong management ownership, key strategic investors including Eric Sprott, a globally recognized technical team, technical coverage from industry gold experts, and cash in its treasury. Visit NVGoldCore.com to learn more on this exciting story. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to turning hard times into good times with your host jay taylor if you have a question or comment about today's show jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also send an email to questions for taylor at gmail.com that's questions the number four taylor at gmail.com now back to our program Welcome back to Training Hard Times and Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me uh, in this segment three friends and fellow newsletter writers who frequently present their views of the markets and invite their favorite companies to the Metals Investor Forum events. And uh, as I noted earlier in the show, uh, the next one is coming up in just a couple of days from now on the 14th uh, of this month and the 15th as well. Uh, and that uh, you can go to jtaylormedia.com, click on the banner and name and email address, and that will give you, gain you access to this very important inve- uh, this very important event. I would say if you are an investor in this sector, uh, it's probably one of the best uh, events, such events out there. So uh, be sure that you make it. 
find the time to. Uh, and there'll be many companies. I think 35 companies in all in the two days with the various companies that each of the newsletter writers invite their favorites, uh, at least uh, at this point in time. Uh, so we do have uh, Gwen Preston and uh, Eric Coffin and Brent Cook with us. And the reason they're back here is uh, last year we had eight newsletter writers on the show. We haven't had time to do all of them this year. Uh, but we had eight newsletter writers, and the three that are with me uh, had the best the best performances of the picks that they, that they chose. Uh, so we're really pleased to have them back. Again, this week, uh, I was also one of those eight, and I must say that I was dead last among eight. So that's why I am asking the questions, and I've got uh, the guests here today to tell me how I can do a little better next year. So um, welcome, all three of you, to, uh, to the show. Um, I think I would like to start out first with Gwen. We'll have each of the three give their views of the markets, their sort of general views of the markets, and not just the precious metals markets, but the markets as a whole, and then... Uh, and then ask them to pick up, uh, pick their uh, name, their two top picks for this year. And you know, it's it's kind of crazy because you can start out the year and you think you see something that really looks good. And I suppose if we went to March or April or something, we probably wouldn't be picking the same ones because the markets are always moving. But in any event, it's always fun to do. And um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, these three. Letter writers did really well last year, so we're expecting an encore this year. So let's start out with Gwen Preston, and uh, it's uh, resourcemaven.ca is where you should go to pick up her uh, her work, and she really has done done a great job. I really always enjoy listening to Gwen. She's very articulate, and she's very smart, uh, and that's why she's here. So uh, Gwen, go ahead. Uh, what? How do you see the markets this year, just in general, uh, and then uh, your two top picks? Well, thank you so much for the the kind introduction there, Jay. Um, I mean, it's a pretty exciting time for those of us who uh, who spend our lives absorbed in this space. I'm, I mean, I'm basically pretty bullish. I think that what we're looking ahead at is, and you you talk about this with various guests on your show all the time, but we're looking ahead at a scenario where there is all kinds of support for growth and recovery. Um, so that suggests an increasing need for commodities across the board. Um, and yet we're doing that in an environment where um, interest rates will stay at zero. We've been told that in no uncertain terms. Um, and where there's all kinds of stimulus and uh, and support going on. Um, put that all together and it certainly suggests a path towards inflation. And inflation is uh, measured in many ways, but it, it certainly seems apparent to me in a lot of ways, especially over the last year when I've gone to the grocery store. But you put those things together and what you get is a growth environment with negative real rates caused by inflation. And so that means likely a weaker dollar and that means negative real rates in a growth environment. Those things together are the ingredients that create commodities bull markets, right? Growth means more demand for metals. A weaker dollar means that metal prices do well um, because they're generally priced in dollars. And so you have demand for those metals and you have, um, uh, you know, a weaker dollar that supports the price of them. And then gold gets to play the game as well because of the negative real rate setup. So it really works quite broadly. Um, and there's, you know, there's you can always put up red flags and things you can question. I mean, what exactly will happen with the U.S. dollar? I think it's likely that it is going to go into a bit of into a downturn, but you don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's within the commodities swath there, there's certainly some that um, are likely to 
outperform others. I would put silver in that category because silver gets that benefit of being both the investment metal, the negative real rate, safe, safe haven type investment, and um, the real growth demand and green energy push that is going to come from, from a Biden administration. So, I mean, I think silver um, and platinum are ones that are probably in the outperformer category. Copper may well be there as well, although we've seen incredible gains in copper already in the last few months. So I'm going to hold my tongue on that a little. Um, but at the end of the day, metals are set to do very well from a fiscal, monetary, um, and growth standpoint. Like it really, all of the forces are lined up. So I'm pretty excited about the year to come. Um, right. And so for two picks, uh-huh. I'm going to do one that's a little bit of a more advanced story and one that's a real exploration story. So yeah, and I know you had a, you had a problem with your uh, with your more advanced stories. You had two of them. Uh, you're going to sneak one in on us or not? No, no, no. I promise I will keep it to. I, <laughs> okay. What Dave's mentioning is he asked yesterday for our picks ahead of time, and I had sent him two possibilities for the more advanced story, and I have winnowed it down um, to Van Gold. Um, so Van Gold, uh, the name may, might include the word gold, but it is really a silver story. It will probably be renaming itself shortly. It's got the Pinguico project in Mexico, um, which is a really interesting project, historic mines, super high grade, uh, lots of exploration potential there, several, one underground and one um, on-surface stockpile of well-mineralized material that's ready to process at a mill. They've already done a bulk sample to show that that works. And they just signed a deal to buy the mill next door that they did the bulk sample at. And once that deal closes, it's just they're wrapping up the financing now, it puts them on the path to be in production um, by this time, like sort of in a year. Um, so this is a 30 million market cap stock that is now set up to be in production um, at a small to medium scale within 12 months and has really what I think of an ex- exciting exploration potential around its Pinguico assets. So Vanguard VGLD on the venture um, is my uh, is my more advanced pick. And again, it's sort of in the silver category. And then on the exploration front, I'm actually going to go with um, Heliostar. Um, so this mm-hmm. is a, a small, a junior company that has, or that, that's primary focus is the Unga Gold Project in Alaska. It's a company that uh, went through a corporate transformation in the last little while, you know, brought a private company in to merge with the public company, change name, new CEO. I uh, really respect the CEO and his geologic prowess. Um, and this is a high-grade story. Uh, high-grade exploration story, but what I really like about it is there's four targets. We're waiting for drill results from all four of them right now. Any one of those four targets could sort of, a company could be carried on any one of those four targets on its own, and yet there's four of them. So when, you, when you're playing an odds game, exploration is always an odds game, I like having four strong targets, um, not just one or two. Um, so it's a very short version of the Heliostar story, but I don't want to take over anybody else's time. So those are my, my two, Van Gold and Heliostar. Heliostar, okay. Is that, uh, are their, their targets, are they on uh, probably on public land? Are they government land, Alaskan land, or what? Do you know? They're on, uh, on it's native corporation land um, with oh, okay. agreements in place. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very yeah. good. All right. Thank you, Gwen. Thank you for that. And uh, I guess, uh, Eric, um, what, are, what are your thoughts now on the market? So I've always, always enjoyed listening to what you have to say about the, uh, about the markets uh, and how they impact what we're looking to make money on. So go ahead. What are your thoughts about the general market, general markets? Uh, I, I think it's probably going to be another strange year. Uh, 
obviously we've got one, you know, one pretty positive uh, driver for for equities, and and it's a driver for metals too, and that's of course stimulus spending. And I don't think it's any secret to anyone who isn't living under a rock that 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 particular thing is going to probably accelerate here in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Uh, Biden's made it pretty plain he's going to step things up pretty much as soon as he's inaugurated. So I, I don't know what their total package is going to be. I mean, they, they talk about several different aspects, but it does sound like they're aiming at three or four trillion, something in that order. Mm. Uh, you inject three or four trillion dollars into an economy, uh, odds are pretty good you're going to have a growth rate. So I'm, I'm ex- partially because of the stimulus itself, partially because the U.S. and and the rest of the G7 is still sort of bouncing off the coronavirus dive. Uh, mm-hmm. The U.S. is, in nominal terms, is going to probably put up pretty strong numbers this year. Uh, and I think some other, some of the other economic blocks will put up better numbers. I don't know that Europe's going to be fantastic, but I think it'll be okay for the same reason. Just coming out of this mess is is going to uh, foreshadow a fairly decent year. That's probably a positive for base metals uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say. Uh, 2020, much like 2009, uh, China pulled everybody's proverbial chestnuts out of the fire. Uh, they, they kept up their buying and were buying quite hard, in fact, across the base metal space. That's part of the reason why base metal uh, prices are so good. I mean, I'm expecting, you know, I, I would sort of, uh, uh, I would second Gwen's comments that given how well copper's done, I'm, I'm a little leery to get too bullish on it, but mm-hmm. I also don't see anything in the pipeline, so I, I don't see any particular reason why it shouldn't go to 450 or 5 bucks. I just don't know how fast it'll happen. Uh, the other base metals will, I don't think, also do well. <clears throat> Gold's had a bit of a setback lately. Uh, we may see that uh, improve here over the next three or four months. Again, the stimulus, just the, the, the effects of that should help. The one fly in the ointment is uh, I think we're going to concurrently see probably inflation picking up. I'm not I'm not completely sold on the idea inflation is going to really take off, but I think it, it should increase just based on, on demand effects. But at the same time, we, we're probably going to see bond yields increase. Um, I'm not saying the Fed's going to step in anytime soon, but the bond market itself, you can see the yield curve steepening and mm-hmm. the pullback we had in gold in the last week or so. You can you can largely blame that on on 10-year yields going up <clears throat> about 20, 25 basis points. And I, I think that's a combination of people sort of betting on inflation. Um, inflation is bo- our bond's enemies, of course, the bonds traders tend to sell when they see inflation coming, but also just supply. Uh, if we're going to see two or three or who knows what trillion in mm-hmm. stimulus, that means the Treasury is going to be selling a lot of paper. Yeah. And that might be starting to make people a little bit nervous in terms yeah. of interest <laughs> rates. It's one thing for the Fed to say zero, but maintaining that when you're seeing huge supply coming on stream yeah. might not be so easy. <clears throat> so it's going to be, you know, there's going to be the seesaw, I think. And I, I am concerned about just how speculative the senior markets have gotten. I mean, it's feeling mm-hmm. very 1999-ish to me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm well aware of the fact that that could keep going for a year or two, and it may well with all the stimulus. But I think we definitely need to keep looking over, over our shoulders going forward because a lot of things are getting parabolic, and that never ends well. Um, in yeah. terms of my two picks, I'm going to pick a base metal on a gold one, base metal, Penn Global, uh, PGZ on the on the venture. 
Pan Global's got uh, properties in Spain, specifically the one that they're working on. It's in the Pyrite Belt. Uh, the Pyrite Belt is a, arguably the world's most famous VMS camp, uh, the biggest one. Uh, it's kind of land of the giants, and they've been drilling a property called Descasana now for months. They keep pulling good holes. They've been showing a lot of consistency. Uh, they've got very good targeting with their geophysics, and that uh, geophysics, the targets are still wide open. Uh, they should be getting the concession uh, that's contiguous to the east, should be getting uh, finalized in the next month or two. That's got another six or seven gravity anomalies on it, and gravity sort of be the targeting tool in the pyrite belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got one anomaly going great, four or five more coming. They're surrounded by mines. Uh, it's it had a really good year in 2020, it was up three or four hundred percent. But I just I just like it as something where I could see it gaining. You know, I could see it doubling again just on more and more and more good drill results. Uh, the gold pick is a company called Sun Summit S M N on the venture. Uh, they've got a, a property in north central BC called Buck. Um, <clears throat> it's not Golden Triangle. It's it's fairly close to the town of Houston. Fairly flat roads everywhere. It's a year round project. They just put out a set of drill results. Buck's known for having these broad, pretty low grade zones that, it, frankly, traders wouldn't care about if they returned a bunch of those. What changed in the last set is they reported a very very good high grade hole with four separate intercepts. It, it feels to me like those guys have cracked the code now, which nobody had really done before in this project. I'm expecting news in the next week or so on their IP and structural work. And I think that's really what drove the targeting, the structural work in particular. It feels to me like these guys have figured out how to drill this thing. They'll be drilling again in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> the, the CEO and I are quite good friends. And I know from talking to Bob, he's basically saying, look, if we, uh, we think we figured out what's going on here. We think we know how to target this. We keep pulling holes like this. Once we start drilling, we're just going to keep drilling. So I think it's going to be a good drill spec exploration story through the year. All right. All right. And uh, can they drill? When will they start drilling again, Eric? They're drilling in a couple of weeks. They actually have guys there now. They're just sort of plowing the roads and building pads. It's a, it's a year-round project because it's okay. flat. And there's logging roads all over it, so it's not a, it's not, there is no real seasonality to this project. They can pretty much drill mm-hmm. year-round. No, oh, that's good. Very good. Well, it's certainly one I've been watching for quite a while myself, so I'm, I'm really happy to hear you pick that one. And uh, Pan Global sounds great, too. That's uh, uh, the Pyrite Belt. Yeah. Pretty, really, uh, pretty high-grade discovery they made there. One of the most senior guys at RTZ. Um, yeah. One of his jobs through the years was actually uh, the European Exploration Manager, and he, he had his eye on this project for a long time. It was tied up by a local company that essentially did nothing for 30 years. So when it, when it came open, he jumped on it pretty hard, because he's and he knows this belt really well. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, there's a couple, but um, I'm sure you'll have a lot more besides those, Eric, and uh, you, you, you certainly... Uh, work extremely hard as do all three of of my guests here that are with me. Um, well, I'm not so sure about Brent because he's sort of semi-retired. <laughs> so maybe I misspoke there. Uh, Brent used to work pretty hard, I know. So, um, uh, so Brent, thanks for joining me today. I, I thanks. It's so kind of you to take your time now that you're retired to uh, to actually come out and do a, do a little work and share your wisdom with us. Thank you. No worries, Jay. Glad to be here. I'm actually not that retired. I just work as much as I want. Oh, that's the way. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be great? I, I think that's what I should be doing too. Probably. Anyway, thank you so much. And uh, so, your general market views. Um, 
Brent, I think you know you're 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 certainly not a gold bug. Uh, well, none of the other none of the other letter writers here are either. I guess they wouldn't take that. They wouldn't want to take that that label. But you're as I last I heard from you, you're quite bullish on gold. But just tell us what you're think what you're thinking about the general markets this year, Brent. Yeah, I really, I really can't disagree with much of what uh, Gwen or Eric said. Um, it all makes sense, and that's that's what it looks like to me. I guess if I was to look for the black swan uh, that we're not seeing, is would be uh, interest rates rising. Mm-hmm. Um, that would probably kill about everything that we've been talking about right now. Um, in terms of the gold price, the certainly the monetary stimulus and such is a positive for it. Uh, on the negative side, we've got, um, I guess, what you'd call some sensibility, science, and stability returning to the White House as soon as this whack job gets out and fades into the Internet. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's, in a sense, I guess that's a negative to the gold price in terms of volatility and uncertainty out there. But on the mm-hmm. positive side, we've got the stimulus, which is definitely going to continue for quite some time. So I expect gold to improve gradually over the year, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. keen on the gold on gold price. Uh, what's really important, I think, is that there's a deficit of new gold deposits mm-hmm. uh, to replace what's being mined. Now, we're mining over 90-something million ounces a year globally, and we're finding half of that. Mm-hmm. So once the COVID restrictions are up, I think we're going to see uh, much more M&A uh, action when mm-hmm. companies can get out and send their people to look at projects scattered across the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm positive in that respect, and, and Joe and I in Exploration Insights are trying to focus on projects that we think uh, have a good chance of being acquired later in the year. Um, we're also pretty keen on the uh, electrification and green um, energy, I guess, mm-hmm. going forward, and that, that really comes down to us to uh, nickel and copper. Um, mm-hmm. Again, copper's done quite well. It's probably due for a pause. But looking down the road again, there's a severe shortage of new copper to replace what's being mined. So, again, Joe and I are looking at large potential uh, discoveries, uh, early grasswood stage stuff, mm-hmm. um, in the, with the idea that, again, the majors will start moving down the food chain. So that's so, sort of where we're thinking uh, big picture-wise. All right. Um, what about silver, Brent? Um, not as not silver, as bullish on silver. Silver's, uh, silver's fine. I'm, I'm I'm definitely not a silver bug. I I recognize that when things get hot and people get excited, uh, silver does well. It's really hard to find a pure silver play. Yeah. Right. Uh, we own Pan American Silver because it is probably the best silver company out there, and you've got embedded in it two world class deposits that are just waiting on uh, political uh, political action and some permitting. So that's our silver play right there. Right. And I know you're going to tell me about a, a company that has a silver and copper uh, exploration play as well. But uh, maybe you want to talk about uh, the other one, the Bluestone, I think was one that you mentioned, Bluestone. Uh, yeah, is, Bluestone is one. About that? Um, what's, we're, Joe, and I, Joe and I aren't finding a lot of early stage uh, inexpensive exploration plays where we see the risk reward that well. Uh, we've had a big run in these junior companies that have gone from 
say last year at this time, 10 million. Now they're trading at 50 million. And not that much has changed. So they're, they're getting expensive. We're not finding a lot of cheap stuff. Uh, with regards to Bluestone, that's a known asset. It's drilled out. It's in Guatemala. I've been there a couple times. So is Joe. They got in the order of 2 million ounces. I'm sorry, 1 million ounces at a little over 10 grams a ton. Mm. It's permitted. They've got a feasibility on it that uh, comes in at around 227 million. Uh huh. I'm sorry, that's, that's their market cap. That's the market cap. And the uh, feasibility study at 1250 puts the uh, NPV at a much higher price than that. It's mm-hmm. going to get bigger. Uh, it's backed by the Lundin Group. Okay. I yeah. think. So there's there's no problem financing this thing. So I think that's uh-huh. one that next year, once it's financed, ready to go, lending group moves into, and it gets sold for a premium. Wow. The second one okay. is much more speculative. This is uh, Hannon Resources, or metals, yes. I guess it is. Um, 30 million market cap, more or less. They've uh, got a 100-kilometer long belt of very grassrootsy, copper silver exploration ground where they've identified and confirmed a geologic model that historically around their other parts of the world hosts some of the largest copper base metal deposits anywhere. Um, they structured a deal with Jogmec, the uh, mm-hmm. Japanese company, whereby Jogmec can earn 75% by basically bringing this thing to a feasibility study. So they're covered through all of this exploration work, um, and I think it's got a lot, you know, a lot of room to play there. So that's that's sort of my speculative pick for uh, for this coming year. And actually, yeah. you know, the last two, the two I picked last year, Blackstone, which is a nickel uh, development company out of Australia, yes, and Trilogy, which is the copper deposit in Alaska. I uh-huh. still own both these, and I think they've got a great shot at improving as well. So you still like those two. They were your picks last year, and, and Blackstone, uh, I guess, is the one that did so well for you last year. Uh, but you yeah, like both of them would've. still this year. Trilogy would have, but they, the, with COVID restrictions, they didn't get to do any work. Ah, okay. Well, hopefully they'll be lifted this year. Hopefully we'll, uh, this vaccine will work, and we'll be back to something closer to normal. It would be nice again to be able to travel and meet up with all of you again sometime. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen this year or not, but... In any event, we're very thankful. The, our markets are moving in the right direction, and I want to thank you, Brent, and, and Eric and Gwen for sharing your thoughts with our listeners. I think uh, they certainly will uh, will appreciate it. I should mention it's Exploration Insights for uh, it's Exploration Insights for Brent and uh, uh, HRA Advisory for Eric uh, for Eric's newsletter and. Uh, uh, th- so these are all. I really hope you all, uh, you know, take a take a look at these uh, at these letter writers, and maybe many of you are already subscribing to these excellent writers. But uh, certainly, a lot of great ideas. And uh, uh, Gwen will be at the Metals Investor Forum on Friday, and Eric and myself will be there uh, on Thursday. This Thursday, the Metals Investor Forum. So that is about it for this week. I want to thank uh, all of you for listening. Thanks for to my guests here, and uh, next week. Alistair McLeod will be with me along with Michael Oliver and Michael Timmons of Fury Gold Mines. And so until then, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. 
Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol NVO. Its flagship assets are located in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. Novo has recently partnered with Sumitomo Corporation of Japan to evaluate, advance, and develop the company's Australian gold projects. With over $40 million in cash and $60 million committed from Sumitomo, Novo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. 